Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to the Living Free show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kHz on your AM dial. Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, highlighting issues around homelessness. Hi, I'm Bill, and for the next hour, my guests will be talking about the local movement that successfully led to establish a trial medically supervised injecting centre in North Richmond. I'd like to welcome Judy Ryan, Secretary of Residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions, and Mel- Melody Patterson to the studio this afternoon. Hi. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Um, we'll be discussing issues around the medically supervised injecting centre and the future of the Residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions. Um, so, Judy, I guess you were there at the start, and you're still here, and things are, things have gone pretty well in 2017. So, I just thought the listeners might be interested to hear what how how you started, what your emphasis was, and how the residents group progressed through the year, and what you achieved. So, do you want to just give us a re- quick recap? Thanks, Bill. Uh, in 2016, um, the injecting drug using in North Richmond and Abbotsford was escalating. It had been for some years, but it was um, reached a tipping point as far as I was personally concerned. Uh, I had quite a lot of activity happening in a laneway right next to my property, so I was faced with this, what I considered a health issue uh, of people injecting and overdosing on a regular basis. So... Um, that's when you say to yourself, they should do something about it. And they ended up being me in the short term. Um, I was aware that uh, the uh, state government, uh, the local government elections were coming up in October in 2016. And I decided after speaking with local councillors in my ward in the city of Yarra that I would like to stand as an independent candidate looking specifically at a trial medically supervised injecting centre in the Victoria Street precinct around North Richmond and Abbotsford. Um, I would felt that the other candidates, whilst they uh, potentially could have looked at this issue, for me it was the elephant in the room in our community in terms of... Um, people in the most livable city in the world overdosing and dying in our streets. Um, the the litter, the drug paraphernalia um, that we're all exposed to, including the elderly and little children. And I really felt whilst it was a controversial issue for some, it was something that needed to be addressed. So as an independent candidate, um, I attracted a significant amount of votes, uh, about 4.7% of the first preference votes uh, and about oh, significant preferences um, after that. So what it told me was that there was a real appetite in the community for something um, effective and practical to be done about this and that was a trial medically supervised injecting centre. Through that campaign, I met people obviously and three of them were pretty keen to work with me after the election uh, Rob Margot uh, sorry Bill Margot and Kylie 
and the four of us got together on the 16th of November and we came up with the Residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions as the name of our group and so it was created. There were four of us. Uh, the most interesting aspect of moving forward, which every small group wants to do, think about how do we how do we get out there, was that there was a coroner's investigation at that time into the death of a young woman in North Richmond called Miss A, um, and she'd overdosed and died in a, uh, a, a restaurant in um, Hoddle Street in North Richmond, and Coroner Jackie Hawkins uh, was was organising the um, coronial investigation, and because a residence group had appeared on the on the horizon, we were invited to submit um, our, a report to that inquiry. In fact, the sub- uh, closing date had passed, but because they were so excited about the missing voice of residents being available, they extended the deadline. So we had about a week from forming the group on the 16th of November to the 24th of November to submit to that inquiry. Uh, So that was amazing. We were absolutely off and running. We were considered relevant in the discussion. And so in uh, December, I attended the a public hearing, the inquest into the death of Miss A. I met a lot of people at that inquiry, people from the Drug Law Reform Foundation, um, Sex Party um, MP Fiona Patton, Demos Kruskos and his team from North Richmond Community Health, the Alcohol and Drug Foundation, Fitzroy Legal Service, people, uh, Yarra Drug and Health Forum, people who were players, serious players in that in that sector who acknowledge the fact that the residents' voice was key to government, the state government, taking this on. They had been lobbying for years, uh, but until the residents became restless and started saying enough is enough, there was not going to be any action. So I was quite surprised. I actually really didn't understand how significant our voice was until that day. Then uh, in February 2017, Coroner Hawkins brought down her report and in it was the key recommendation that there should be a trial of a medically supervised injecting centre established by Minister Martin Foley, who was a Minister for Mental Health. And so that really, really underpinned our campaign for 2017. And interestingly, there were three other coroner's reports in 2017 that said the same thing. And the government, uh, whilst they acknowledge receipt of that report on each occasion, except for the last one, they said, we will not be doing this. This is not on our agenda. We did not take this to the uh, 2014 election. So um, so the residents of Victoria Street Drug Solution had sort of, I suppose, a party platform from the coroners. We weren't making it up. The facts were clear that there were people dying in our streets and it had to be dealt with. So I guess that <clears throat> translated pretty quickly into your residence group getting some legs and to do something effectively, I guess you needed to have a bit of money behind you. So what sort of things did the residents do to, um, to get a bit of cash to do a bit of advertising? So one of the key um, parts of our strategy moving forward was fundraising, obviously, but which we did through a sausage sizzle at Bunnings in Collingwood, and we were really grateful to their support. 
We also held a, a, a movie night um, with with, a, with auctions. Uh, in Both were held in June. But I think and, – and that raised much-needed funds, probably about $3,000 all up, which was fabulous. But almost key to that effort was friend-raising. Right. By, by bringing people on board – um, and educating them about what a medically supervised injecting centre was was really, really important. So money was important, absolutely, but getting the word out there, um, dispelling the myths about supervised injecting centres. And to that end, we worked very closely with our wonderful friends in Sydney who gave us a lot of free brochures um, and support to 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 educate and and I think Bill one of the one of the key reasons for our success was educating community, making them aware that they weren't on their own, that the rest of us within that small um, area were experiencing the same concerns and anxiety that they were, but that we ultimately wanted the the government to see this as a health issue, and that the go- that the community acknowledged that and wanted them to do something effective about it. Right. So I, I understand also that part of your forums was an education component. So what sort of things did you were you able to show the residents at those? We shared with the residents um, our strategy on how we were planning on moving forward, what we hoped to achieve, which obviously was a trial medically supervised injecting centre, uh, but also we provided different voices. Um, And so we were able to uh, attract guest speakers to those forums. So, for example, we had Danny Hill from the Ambulance Union who spoke at one of the uh, forums, one of the early forums, who, who gave a wonderful insight into the impact that this issue was having on the emergency services. Uh, he was very generous in answering queries, but also saying to the residents, we couldn't do this without you. You're an integral part of this whole, of what we're doing here. You know, we ring the ambulances, we're first responders, quite frankly, and he acknowledged that. We also had um, people from the media, Ian Royal from the Herald Sun was extremely supportive talking to us about dealing with the media and what the media was looking for in terms of getting our message out. We had Greg Fleet, who is a comedian who's had issues, health issues in this respect, who was extremely frank and generous with his information. We had Senator Larry Campbell from Canada, who spoke to us in November, talking about the experience as he was then the mayor of Vancouver when he set up uh, five five injecting centres No, he set up one injecting centre, but he said it should have been five. So these people gave residents a broader perspective of what this injecting centre would do in their community and another another voice, and it it enriched the education. Can I just add to that as well? One of the things that we did uh, each month at the community forums was to play a video that we had permission from the King's Cross Medically Supervised Injection Centre. Uh, The video was about 14 minutes and it was a step through about the journey that King's Cross had taken to establish a MSIC. Uh, It also took viewers through the Medically Supervised Injection Centre so that they could see uh, how it was set up. Uh, There are three different areas there. So it it was a a real virtual experience as to 
uh, a bird's eye view of of a medically supervised injection centre. And I think I certainly learnt a lot, and I watched it seven times yeah. because we played it at each each event. Um, what it did, though, was to take the mystery out of MSIC and to enable people to see a living example, a real example in Australia of the King's Cross of the King's Cross um, Centre itself. So I think that started that journey um, and then brought everyone's attention into the room in terms of this is what we need to do here in a local level and. Uh, enabled people to then start to reflect and consider and to ask those relevant questions. So it actually set the platform to then discuss what the local strategy was and what events were coming up and what was happening and how people could contribute to that as well. So that the, the power of that video um, could not be uh, discounted um, because it, it showed people this is the re- the reality and took that mystery out. And then we could talk about our campaign and, and what we as residents were hoping to do and how people could participate in that as well. Yeah, and I guess the thing is it's a lot easier to replicate something that works mm. again than to try and dream it up from scratch. And having that example must have been very helpful to allay all the fears that people would have. It was extraordinary uh, yeah. in terms of people coming coming to the warehouse, to, to the community forums, who didn't know a lot about it but had some curiosity. And uh, even with a number of events, uh, we had people who came just to see the video and who then brought friends back, knowing that it was going to be the, f- mm. you know, the first Thursday of every month, yep. um, just to see that video to, to be able to brush those cobwebs off in terms of this is what an MSIC is yep. uh, and what it isn't. And what it can do in that whole that whole scenario, so and that it exists in King's Cross. It's not it's not a, an overseas one. It's actually one in Australia and one that we're using. Yep. Um, so th- the other thing that I know that you did during the year, uh, apart from engage with local council and local politicians, um, you had a rally. So can you tell us a bit about the rally and and what that achieved for you? The rally was extraordinary. So the idea of it came up uh, through conversations and through the committee where we wanted to do something to coincide with the International Overdose Awareness Day, which was the end of August. And so we came up with the concept of having a community rally, not a protest march, but a rally to enable people to, uh, to, to process some healing. Uh, and we wanted to gather people in Victoria Street. We wanted to walk down the street uh, and take them to an area just off Lennox Street where we would then have a series of guest speakers, so people who had real-life experiences, so that people could come together and share their grief and also honour honor their loved ones. And and then we, we had we had a song at the end of it. And it was really quite an extraordinary experience. Uh, we had... A smoking ceremony to start with. We had some amazing people. Uh, we worked very closely with the police and to make sure that it was everyone was safe. Um, we had safety briefings. We had we had professional uh, event organisers who came and uh, volunteered their time to help us uh, because we're just a bunch of residents. Uh, yeah. Wanted to make sure that we did it well and that we did it with dignity. Um, 
We invited people who had lost a loved one through heroin uh, or any drug overdose to to bring photos of their loved ones, to come to the front of, of the line, you know, to be a part of that. Um, it was a dismally awful Melbourne Sunday morning. Windy, it was yeah. Windy, it was Crazy. cold, it was raining and... And it didn't dampen the spirits at all. People were just standing standing together, listening to the speakers, being a part of it. There were tears. There were, there, there, there were a few chuckles. Uh, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary morning. Mm. I understand also that people who spoke had lost very close relatives and it was very moving. Yeah, I'll I'll pass over to Judy for yeah. the speakers because she was more involved in putting those okay. together. Um, look, they were, and um, uh, you know there was um, Loretta Loretta, whose son Sam had died in a laneway near Victoria Street the year before. Laura, whose sister had died in a uh, a drug overdose in March last year, so it was only you know five months after mm-hmm. her death. Um, so and and a grandfather whose grandson had died. So, uh, you know, we had very personal experiences trying to destigmatise the face of people who who um, suffer um, these deaths. Uh, but I think Melody mentioned before about the community. It was a community rally, not a protest march, and it was really key for us to bill that it was not seen as a political march. And we were actually approached by politicians who wanted to speak but we were very determined that that wouldn't happen they have their own platform this was our platform and I think that was a really key feature of its success the other thing that happened in the in the week immediately preceding the rally was that we had commissioned the development of a a piece of street art uh, that happened near the corner of Lennox and Victoria Street that um, Street art is still there if your listeners would like to go and have a look at it. It's in Little Charles Street near Victoria Street. And its message was, you talk, we die. And uh, it came from a message that uh, that I read in a magazine in Canada a, a year ago, which said, they talk, we die, which was a response to the fentanyl overdose uh, crisis happening there. But we took it, we made it our own, being you talk, there'd been parliamentary inquiries, there'd been overseas trips, there'd been, you know, coroner's reports, people were talking about it. But in the meantime, people were dying in our, in our laneways and our community was dying we were it was it was distressing and it was a visceral experience for the community so as luck would have it we had that street art was unveiled on the monday before the rally and of course that attracted a lot of media so then that sort of um there was a groundswell of people who heard about it they came and looked at it and that ended up it, it was climaxed with that extraordinary community gathering on the on the following sunday yeah. Okay. And I also understand you won an award or the residents won an award. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? I think a key achievement of our campaign last year was uh, we were nominated for the Frank Fisher um, Community Award and that award acknowledged our contribution to a community health and wellbeing outcome for our community. And one of the key aspects of this drug overdose and fatal overdoses was the fact that we as people at the grassroots knew that it was a health issue 
and to actually be formally acknowledged was extraordinary. And so I think we're all very Melody was there that day and we when we received it and it was it was it really um confirmed that we had achieved something significant because it was now no longer seen as a by people who cared about the issue as a as a crime issue it was a community health issue and that was a really key outcome for us yeah that sounds terrific you're listening to the living free show on 3cr 855 kilohertz on your am dial and 3cr on digital radio um there are episodes of living free available on podcast uh, and you can get to those at the Living Free webpage, which is 3cr.org.au forward slash Living Free. And they're also available on iTunes. There are also plenty of great podcasts of other 3CR shows available if you go to 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. Uh, if you have a question or comment about the show, then you can call the station on 9419 or send us an email at 3 at gmail.com. Um, Just a community service announcement, Um, lest we forget, join us to commemorate the 176th anniversary of the extinction of the two freedom fighters at the Tanaminowait and Hina Monument, corner of Victoria and Franklin Street, Melbourne. That's at 12 o'clock to 1pm on Saturday the 20th of January 2018. Please join us there. Um, Now, we're talking today to the residents of Victoria Street Drug Solutions and they were instrumental in getting the medically supervised injecting centre um, past uh, Victorian legislation uh, in, tw- in 2017. Um, so I guess the thing that we, we haven't talked about is that political process and, and the vote. So maybe we could just go back through that and just look at how, how it happened with the vote and who was where the support was, what the community was doing, um, and then talk about what what was actually approved in, and is now in legislation, and what we can expect in the next six months that it takes to get that injecting centre going. So, Judy, do you want to just run us through quickly what what how it happened? Sure, Bill. So, at the end of 2016, Fiona Patton, who was the upper house member for the Sex Party had um, drawn up a bill that she tabled in February 2017 uh, to set up a pilot medically supervised injecting centre in North Richmond. Um, So once the government made up its mind that it did support the concept of a trial, uh, which was announced on the 31st of October, they had Fiona's bill as a basis to the one that they eventually debated the following day on the 1st of November in the lower house. They changed a couple of key aspects of Fiona's bill. One, she suggested an 18-month trial. The government um, has announced a two-year with a three-year ongoing trial. So that was a really key, um, key support to what she'd suggested. The other thing that they announced was that there would be a three-person panel that would review the the operations of the of the injecting centre and that included the appointment of former pre- uh, Premier Jeff Kennett who has since leaving office has become a big supporter of medically supervised injecting centres. So they are really key to to that, that bill. 
Um, so it was it was debated in the in the lower house, and then it was deferred for further debate in the upper house on the fourteenth of December. Um, quite a few of us from the uh, residents for Victoria Street Drug Solutions were in the chamber in the upper house that day to listen to the debate. Um, it did get up it, at, at about ten past six in the evening, and uh, twenty one to nineteen was the vote. I suppose what was interesting for me was the people that opposed it. Uh, I was just a bit distressed that people who opposed it really had made clearly made no effort to find out anything about it. They just mm-hmm. said, "Well, I'm not going to be interested in this." And basically spoke rubbish. So whilst you know I'm thrilled that it got up, it still disturbs me that if you're going to make a decision to be for or against something, you know, or against something, at least be respectful to the issue to actually investigate it. And I'm I'm distressed as a ratepayer or a taxpayer that people actually occupy some of those benches and choose not to do that. Anyway, we we, we got it up and that was a, a moment of great excitement. So the next part of the process is for, for the next six months, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services will uh, organise with North Richmond Community Health, which is the in Lenox Street, which is where the, the new site will be. Um, they will be uh, working with an architect to build the, the, the physical um, centre and they will be communicating with residents group at the community at large, the people who live in the, um, in the housing, high-rise housing, the school community. Uh, so, so there's a lot to do, a lot of work to do by many stakeholders between now and when the centre will be opened in July. Right. Okay. So it's, it's a fair while, but there's still a lot to do. Correct. Yeah. Um, and to also make sure that it's, it works, because the thing about a trial is it, it has to work, and it will work if it's done properly. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So w- w- what can the residents do in that regard? How, what, what's your plan to make it work? Yes. So we are um, having a stall at the Lunar Festival in Victoria Street on Sunday the 28th of January. We have a stall near the corner of Lenox and Victoria Street where we're happy to meet with residents or community members, not just in our area but across Victoria, who would like to come and talk with us about the medically supervised injecting centre uh, that will be developed and we will be engaging with the department with North Richmond Community Health and with Victoria Police. Uh, We are part of the community as they are. They recognise the importance of our input as a stakeholder. So um, it'll be multifaceted, Bill. Uh, We as a as a group uh, are sort of morphing into the residents for Victoria Street. Now that we've hopefully got a solution to the drug problems, we will now support the traders moving forward in the next six to 12 months to ensure that the trial is successful and also the benefits to the community in terms of returning the amenity to what everybody would expect in terms of cleanliness and vibrancy is really key. So we do have a lot of work to do, but it's very exciting. It's really great to be moving forward knowing that we've got an outcome uh, that we're expecting and that we will still be playing a significant role in the reimagining of Victoria Street. That sounds really great. So one of the things you mentioned was the, um, I guess, cooperative approach to the design. So I think, Melody, you you mentioned before that that this co-design approach is very important in the success of the medically supervised injecting centre. Absolutely. I I think that uh, there's a very strong push across the Victorian government 
uh, departments to take on a more of a co-design approach and I think this was seen very heavily in the family violence and which I think became family services. So my expectation and my hope is that the Department of Health and Human Services will be taking a similar approach with the build of the Medically Supervised Injection Centre to include all of the key stakeholders at every step of the way. So it's not just a consultation. We actually become co-designers. I think that the residents have a really strong voice and we have a very major role to play in in that regard because unlike the King's Cross MSIC, um, the centre here in Melbourne is actually in a residential area rather than a commercial or retail area. So I think residents have a very, very strong and very important role to play in that design component. So having been at every meeting, uh, having met with some of the key players across not only the North Richmond Community Health Centre, also the department, uh, we will be able to stay with them step by step and make sure that the resident's voice is heard. Right. Uh, the other thing I heard also in passing was that some people are calling it a, an injecting room rather than injecting centre. Now, that's an important distinction. So, Judy, what what's your take on that? Look, I, I actually don't know where that's come from, Bill, because we have always referred to it as a medically supervised injecting centre. And in fact, the bill that was debated in the parliament was called a medically supervised injecting centre. But I've noticed in some of the um, dispatches that it's coming through as a medically supervised injecting room. And that's something we really need to clarify. Uh, We see it as a centre, as a facility that includes not just a room where somebody will will inject substances, but the uh, subsequent rooms that they will be using to um, to receive pathways to rehabilitation, plus wraparound services that the North Richmond Community Health Centre will be providing those people. So, you know, with sexually transmitted uh, disease support uh, and many other, you know, dental and many other aspects. So it is something that we will be clarifying when we meet with the Department of Health and Human Services to ensure that it isn't just a room, it is actually a centre that's integrated, has excellent services for the people that need that service. Right, okay. Um, and the other thing I noted when you talked about changing the name of your organisation to, to de, I guess, de-drug it, um, that part of that was to increase your... I guess, support for the Victoria Street traders. So how have they been in relation to the residents? Have they been opposed to what you're doing or are they in support? Uh, Look, initially there were a handful of traders that were concerned and opposed the concept of a medically supervised injecting centre. That is some time ago now and fortunately they've all come on board. I would like to add here that the female traders in the in the street um, are particularly supportive, and they've told me that they thought they'd been forgotten, quote unquote, that they hadn't been consulted, uh, that they were overlooked, that they really were scared, that they felt that there was no hope, and they now feel hope feel for their businesses, for their own safety, for attracting new clientele, all of those things that you need to run a, a vibrant business. So I want we will be as a group reaching out to the all of the traders, but we will be working with those women who have been uh, have been 
a lost voice in this debate. So um, we're really looking forward to working with with the trade Victoria Street uh, Traders Association and anybody else who wants to um, to to take that iconic part of Melbourne. Uh, to the next level and make it a place that everybody will enjoy. Yep. So I guess um, education plays a bit of a part as well because I, I understand a lot of people thought, um, as with the King's Cross one, that establishing an injecting centre would be a honeypot and this is what people believe, that as soon as you offer a service, people will rush in and, and abuse it rather than use it. So how, how can you dispel the honeypot idea or concept What's the most effective way? Look, the the uh, the aspect that appeals to me most about a medically supervised injecting centre is evidence based. It's been successful. The concept has been successful across many countries, and one of the part of the evidence is that honey pots do not exist. They don't happen. I think there already is a honey pot. Yeah, there. I, it's yeah. there. We see it. Melody and I, and all the members of the our team, plus the broader community, know that it's already that happening. So, so it's not. It is not going to get worse. It's actually going to take those people that need support off the street and mm-hmm. into a facility, into a into a service, into a centre that will ad- help them address their issues. And one of the key things to Bill, that your listeners would like to know, I know, is that we have done our market research with people injecting in our laneways. We say to them, we're from the Residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions, we want to establish a medically supervised injecting centre, would you use it? And everybody has said yes, everybody. Mm. So we know that it will be used, we know that it will be successful because it has been everywhere else and we know that it won't increase the number of people coming to our area because they're already there. Mm. They're already there. I think the King's Cross example uh, provides us with a great roadmap in that regard um, on the basis that it hasn't increased the the usage, it's decreased the needles on the street, it's decreased the deaths. deaths. They have Mm. not had a single death since they opened, which is pretty phenomenal. And, And I think that we can take heart from the success of the MSIG in King's Cross uh, to know that we will be on a similar pathway and that we will uh, save lives. Uh, We will also clean up the streets because all of that paraphernalia will be now uh, dealt with in a medically supervised uh, way, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Uh, You're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Uh, we're talking about the residence for Victoria Street Drug Solutions um, and the medically supervised injecting centre in North Richmond with Judy and Melody. Um, and one of the things that we mentioned earlier was the fact that you're planning to change the name. Now that you've achieved the, the MSIC, you're planning to refocus the uh, residence group just to be residents for Victoria Street. So do you want to talk about what your new focus will be in 2018? Judy. In in all our conversations for the last 14 months, apart from saving lives, which is key, and getting the supervised injecting centre up, you know, obviously the long-term goal was to renew our community 
And as we've now got the runs on the board and I think we've got a profile and we've got credibility in the sector, it seems just natural that we then take it to the next level where we work with the community to to achieve um, a place where people want to live, they feel safe, they feel, um, you know, invigorated by by the wonderful aspects of the Victoria Street Precinct. So, um, so we decided that we'd re- review our branding, so we'll keep our colours of purple and orange with the orange tick, but we will talk, call ourselves the Residence for Victoria Street. And so that's that's a statement, really, in in itself. That this is what we are all about is Victoria Street and and that whole redevelopment or re, re renewal. Um, so we want to work with all the stakeholders, as we've mentioned before. But uh, and one of the things that in our conversations with the Department of Health and Human Services that Melody uh, um, alluded to before in terms of the co-design. I think it's really important to keep the community informed as it's developed, even perhaps having open days over month by month, looking at how it's working, dispelling the myths, you know, um, educating people on, on what this is about. And I think that that's really key to when we finally have it opened, that the community, because it's part of where we live, is owned by the community. It's our centre. We want to be informed of how it's progressing um, and, and, and how it functions. So so it's not something that's foreign. It's it's part of where we live. You know, it's part of the, the story of, of North Richmond and Abbotsford. Um, I think the other really interesting thing, Bill, as we all know, is that there is a state government election in November. And so we will be holding the state government to account in terms of their uh, promise that they will support the redevelopment renewal of this area with important funding. Um, so we look forward to working with our local member, Richard Wynne, who's, um, who's, who's promised that funding. Uh, so we look forward to working with his office, but also the city of Yarra, um, that they will start refocusing their efforts on cleaning up aspects of our suburb that have been let let to slip. I don't think parts of our suburb would be tolerated in other parts of the city of Yarra. Um, so, so we're not going to tolerate them either. So once we have this wonderful centre established, we will then look at other facets of life in North Richmond and, and Abbotsford and how we can positively input to their, to their renewal. Right. Okay. So, and I guess part of that is having a, a web presence. So, Melody, what's the what's the plan for the for the web, and what sort of things are you going to use to get people or give people access to information? I think is the big issue. Well, I think thanks, Bill. With the um, the website that's been developed o- over time with our fantastic uh, volunteers and our committee members, we've we've reset the website more as a resource centre so that it has uh, links to podcasts, it has newspaper articles, it has information globally, and that people can go there and uh, they can download information that, that's relevant. So it's not just about our journey, it's, it's part of a broader journey as well and has some really great information on board. And it's changing on a regular basis. It's updated, it's, um, it, it's fresh and vibrant and, you know, schools can use it. We've had a lot of students who have been doing research uh, themselves over the last 12 months and we've, 
we've certainly presented and done a lot of um, interviews and guest speaking uh, events at, at a whole range of schools and different agencies and all of that is captured on the website. So the website is not just about about the, the local MSIC, it's, it's becoming more and more of a resource for anyone to sort of wanting to know a little bit more about what a medically supervised injection centre is. So yeah, it's going really well and the Facebook has links as well and we've also got a presence on Twitter and on Instagram Wow! <laughs> and we're really forging ahead yeah. with the social media because yeah. we, we want to get the message out across all platforms in that regard. Yeah, so I guess you'll need to re- rename it all. I guess it, it's currently sitting as um, Vic Street Drug Solutions dot org. So, are you going to change the name? The, the domain name will probably stay the yes. same, but yeah. I think once people get onto the site, they'll they'll start to see and notice um, some new images. And we started playing with some images la- last year uh, through our committee members, where it was less about the drugs and more around Vi- Victoria Street. Yeah. We're all locals; we all live around the area. We love Victoria Street. It's one of the reasons why we yeah. moved there. That's right. So we 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 want to encourage people to to jump on to any of our social media platforms um, and to start incorporating more and more information about Victoria Street and what's available there too, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, so I, I guess, uh, so basically uh, the webpage is vicstreetdrugsolutions.org and on Facebook it's Victoria Street Drug Solutions. Um, now, Judy, um, enhancing the vibrancy of the area is one of your key things. So what sort of things are you looking at? Well, um, pretty basic, Bill, but cleaning the streets. I'd love to get a gurney out right now and um, <laughs> clean down the, the, the footpaths, the little cul-de-sacs, the in-between buildings. I mean, it's just, it's just really dirty and sad. Um, I'd like to clean off some of the graffiti that's on the shutters of the Victoria Street Traders, you know, frontages. I'd like to beautify that. I'd like to, you know, once they start to feel safer, um, to to have maybe planter boxes or eating on the streets or just to just to um, to attract people back to that area. I mean, unfortunately, there are quite a few vacant. Um, shops along that area that people mm. have left because of the impact that this crisis has had on their on their trading. So if we can if we can renew it, um, then those people will come back or that they, they will occupy those those places. And you know, Melody and I know that we are the bread and butter for the traders in Victoria Street. That's why we have a very powerful voice in what we want to, when we take our friends and our families there to, to enjoy that area. So we, we have a vested interest in it being beautiful. So I think that that's, um, that's something that I'm actually really looking forward to. It'll give us a really different focus. It'll be quite creative. I mean, what could be achieved is, is endless, really. Yeah. Um, obviously, it'll need financial support, but we've been promised that by the state government and the city of Yarra. So, so I think we really do need to open our minds and have a group working together to look at, at possible changes, designs, perhaps getting rid of some of those old shutters, you know, fixing yeah. up the awnings. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not difficult. I don't see that as being difficult, any of that stuff. And I think a lot of the traders will, will be excited about it too. So 
uh, I think this time next year, hopefully, Victoria Street will look like a pretty different uh, area for people to come and visit and enjoy the food and and the um, and the you know shopping along yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Contrary to Peter Dutton's comments that you know, mm. people in Victoria do eat and they mm, do eat do. out and we enjoy it. And Victoria Street is one of the premier mm. you know, eating out places it in Melbourne. It certainly so, is, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what else would you like to, to um, let people know about of the things that you're planning for this year? I, I know that you're going to plan to engage with council, with, local, with state government, but are, are there any other things that you're hoping to achieve through 2018 that you'd like to share? Well, we will be continuing with our community education. Uh, As we mentioned before, that we do have a stall at the Lunar Festival in um, Victoria Street on the 28th of January. But... Going, moving on from that, we will uh, be sharing information with with, um, residents and the broader community at forums. Just how they will take shape this year, we're not sure. We haven't discussed that as a group because we've all had a bit of a well-earned break for a couple of weeks. Um, So whether we have it at a more public uh, place, whether we have it at North Richmond Community Health where we had the Larry Campbell gathering, like taking people to sit in the space that we're developing this, that could be really handy, but we haven't formalised that as yet. But all of that, as Melody said, will be advertised on the website and on Facebook we'll be letting people people know what we're doing um, so yeah as a as a major stakeholder in this development we will be sharing that with people um, there should there'll be no secrets it'll be all it'll be all out there for people to know about and to feel comfortable with what's happening in their neighborhood yeah and, and you're absolutely trying to keep it non-partisan Oh, absolutely. This is actually about the people who have addiction who and their families who need to be kept alive and rehabilitated and it's about the community that actually cares about them and cares about its its community its you know it's where we live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and so um one of the one of the I think successes of our group has been that we've been apolitical and that's exactly how we intend to stay. Yep. That sounds great. Melody, would you like to add anything more? Well, I think... Thanks, Bill. I think the whole point of the committee is that it is intended to represent the community that it supports. We are part of the community. So that, that I think, keeps us fresh and also keeps us uh, non-political. We all have our own political persuasions yeah. and we don't talk about who, who votes for, for no. what. This, is, this goes way beyond that. Mm, yeah. So I think... As long as we can keep that um, that presence, um, and we encourage people to come along and, and help. One of the things that I've really noticed and enjoyed on the journey so far is that it's not the same people every month. It's not the same people at at every event. People come, people go. People participate and they contribute what they can, and at the time that they can do it. And so that also make sure that we have fresh ideas coming in at the right time um, and and that we're moving it along so and keeping it close to the grassroots yeah. close close to community because that's who we are yeah. we and are it, the community and it's not a it's not a click it's it's an open group yeah. that people can come and go from oh, which is very important yes. yeah. yeah look for us i think it's very much a a, a case of actions not words um, there is a, a core group uh, in the executive committee, who have made a commitment to turn up 
every month and to make it happen and yeah. be and be yeah. present. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, beyond that, we have anyone and everyone is is welcome, um, and we have people, interested people, ranging in age from from teenagers through to. 80s and, mm. and and beyond. We've had people who have attended our events from as far south as Frankston wow. uh, just to come and, and listen, who have seen it on Facebook and wanted to learn more about it. So it's not just for people who live in the North Richmond Abbotsford area. It's open to anyone uh, in, in Melbourne and, dare I say, across Victoria who want to know a little bit more about it that think this could be a user-friendly way of doing it. Um, we're not government. We're not we're not a big corporation. We're just a bunch of people who come together over a glass of wine or and and a snack and and try and learn a little bit more about it so that mm. it's not so scary. Yeah, and I also understand that you had a, a baby born this year, one of your <gasps> group. <laughs> On the first of December, we had our newest little activist. Um, so Kylie, who's one of the original um, members of the group, had little Ada. So she's. It's pretty exciting to. The fact that that's happened in 2017 too, so a bit of a shout out to Kylie and Derek, yeah. with their new, new little new little woman in our group. Right. Mm. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're just about to wrap up time, so um, that's all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Judy and Melody for coming in today uh, to talk about community activism and saving lives of injecting drug users. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Bill. Bill. Uh, next week we're in summer break, but I hope you'll be able to join us again on the 25th of January 2018 when we'll return to normal scheduling and we'll be talking about recovering from drug addiction and be joined by some members of Narcotics Anonymous. Stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio, hosted by Kerry Lee and featuring black news and views, current affairs, sport, culture and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thanks for listening to Living Free Program today. 